everybody. Welcome to another episode of Dr. Me First. I hope that your summer has been wonderful, that you're moving into the transition of fall and everything that this brings. And I'm so excited to bring another one of my friends and also contractors here onto the podcast. I'm talking today with Jennifer Bright. She is the founding CEO of Bright Communications, LLC. She's a publisher, editor, and writer for over 25 years. Her team publishes probably well over 35 books a year, and together they contribute to thousands of books, magazines, and newspaper articles. She is coming today because Jennifer helped me bring the Dr. Me First book from just the idea that was on a whole bunch of PDF sheets in Canva to actually bringing my book to life. So I'm excited to bring her on the show and see how maybe she can help you get your book out of your brain. Jennifer, it's so great to have you here on the podcast today. Hi, thank you so much for this opportunity. Well, for all those people out in podcasting world, tell them a little bit about yourself and the magic you put into the world. Sure. Oh, I love how you said that. That is so beautiful. So I honestly think I have the greatest job in the world because I get to work with people and help them bring a book dream to life. And so people come to me at all different stages. Maybe it's just an idea. Maybe it's a completed manuscript. Maybe they've even done quite a bit of the designing themselves as you did. And my team and I get to help them get it across that finish line. I love that. And how long have you been doing this? Wow, my entire adult life. And I do not want to tell you how many years that is, my friend. So I uh, had the good fortune of attending the University of Pennsylvania on an Army RTC scholarship. Way back in the 90s, I got out when my four-year commitment was up as a lieutenant. I came home, which is the Lehigh Valley, Pennsylvania. I got a job at an amazing publisher at the time called Rodale Press. And that was the best training anybody could ever have wanted who wanted to go into publishing. And then I left uh, when I became pregnant with my older son, started just a freelance editorial service business. Then I had the idea for a book series as a self-publisher. Then people started asking me to help them publish. And it's been about three years where we've been at our final evolution destination, which I call independent publishing. There's so many women that I bump into who have just these incredible ideas, but they say like, but I'm not a writer. Like, I don't have time for that. Talk a little bit about the writing process and how you help us. Thanks for asking. Yeah, I hear that a lot. I hear people say they don't think that they're a writer or they don't have time to write. I think a lot of us suffer from that imposter syndrome. I think most people are better writers than they give themselves credit for. And also the most important part of a person's book is getting that out of their head and onto the page. Because once you have it either onto the computer or onto the page, then we can help you. We can work with it because we can organize your thoughts. We can edit your thoughts. We can craft your thoughts into a book, but only you can get it out of your head. And so for people who say they're not a writer, I say that's okay because we are. And so we would be delighted to help you meet you wherever you are, whether that's really need a lot of help organizing your thoughts, or you just need a little bit of help. Also, I have a couple of suggestions for people who say they don't have the time, which is the other big objection I hear. There's easier ways to do it. Um, some people find it helpful to just schedule a time in their day, maybe 15 minutes a day, half an hour a day is your writing time. Other people find it helpful to dictate their thoughts, maybe when they're walking or cleaning or driving. And then same thing, 
just get it out of your head however you can so that people who are writers or have the time can help you. Yeah. And I'm thinking back to when we first originally met, I had had the book I wanted to write was actually a workbook. I wanted it to be mm-hmm. like super simple, interactive. I didn't want it to be like a high 500 page manuscript. And I had started it in Canva just as like a little, it was supposed to be like a little PDF people could download. And it suddenly turned into this multiple chapters, mm-hmm. beautiful thing that then I was like, okay, what do I do with this now? And I can't remember, do you remember who connected us? And that was when it was still Mimosa. Wow. You know what? That is amazing. In fact, you know, it's been many, many years. And yes, when I originally started my company and publishing other people's books, we were very much focused on parenting books. Mm-hmm. My book series that I had mentioned was actually called the Mommy MD Guide Series, and it featured tips by doctors who are also mothers. And so Mimosa kind of made, made sense, right? It's for moms who maybe need a drink and now and then. It's kind of funny. But as I started to break out and evolve and publish really be a lot more broad and publish different types of books. But most of it just didn't make as much sense anymore uh, for, for maybe an author of a memoir or an author of a business book. It's like people often didn't know how to pronounce it, how to spell it. Well, I was fortunate. My maiden name was Bright. <laughs> and um, after divorce, I reclaimed my maiden name. And I thought, you know, what would be a great company name, Bright Communications. Because ironically enough, when I originally started my company, way back when I left Rodale in 2004, that was the original name of the, my original company. And so what you guys really helped, because I remember during those conversations, you said like, Erin, you have a book. Yes, <laughs> yes, it evolved, right? And that's what so often happens. You know, you had an idea that as we worked together and brainstormed and had conversations and we started to think of, well, what are your goals? What do you want to do with this? And who is your audience? How can we best help them? Yeah, you had so much more than the little PDF pamphlet I think you started thinking about in the beginning. I think so. And I really appreciate you helping guide through that. I remember the first time I saw it listed on Amazon, that felt like a really big step. Yes, yes, yes. I think when people see their book on Amazon for the first time is a big deal. When they hold their book in their hands for the first time, it's a big deal. When they're maybe at an event or a store and asks, please sign my book, you know, that's a big deal. Really publishing a book is unlike almost any other experience. I mean, the best thing I think I can relate it to is having a baby because you're really taking this thing and you're bringing it to life and it takes on this amazing life and personality of its own. I think me, or maybe you'd heard it several times, but I love in your tagline now that you put book doula because that was how I described you. You did. You did. You had described me that way. And I really feel like you deserve a tremendous amount of credit for that. I kind of feel like I had the idea as well around the same time, but you were the person who said it aloud for sure. And you were the person who encouraged me. And I owe you such a huge, huge tribute for that because people just get that, you know, especially women. When I say I'm a book doula, they kind of chuckle and they get it and they understand, I think that, oh, wow, this is an undertaking that maybe I need a little bit of help with, you know, and maybe this is the person who could help because I think I have the right spirit, I think. And I have to say, you really made me feel like a legitimate author. Like when I got the ISBN number, when we started doing cover art, and we went through a couple different iterations of that. And yeah, and when the four huge boxes of books arrived, 
uh, with the actual <laughs> ones, which I have to tell you, I'm down to like seven now. Oh, so, yeah, congratulations. Yes. Oh, you're doing great. And for everybody too, timing this, we started talking pre-pandemic, but really we finished right in those early months of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And so it was, it was, the world had changed. I thought I was going to have all these books and these speaking things and it was different and I've used them in a lot of different ways, but it's so nice to say like, here is a piece of me, a small piece of me. And for folks who maybe don't want to buy the big coaching package or they want to give a gift to med students, residents to help them along the way, it's so nice to say, I have this tangible thing that can go out into the world. And I'll tell you so much, Jennifer, there are people who will say, oh, I've done your workbook or someone gave it to me. I went to an event in Texas about a year and a half ago, and I had a couple people say that just totally out of the blue. And it was such a cool experience. That's another big milestone moment when the first person approaches you that you don't know who read your book. Yes, yes. And so I have recommended you over and over again through the years for anyone who wants to make the, you know, having your book baby process easier. So many of us are DIYers and and you can do this process yourself. Absolutely. But there's so much pains that go along with it. Mostly recently, I'm thinking of one of my friends and who has been a frequent guest of the podcast, Dr. Robin Alley Hay. And yes. um you were a part of her book journey as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Her book was amazing too. And every single book and every single author are so unique. And it's such a pleasure to get to be a part of your life, you know, for that time. And, and usually, you know, we were friends for life and people know my door is always open and authors can come back months, years, decades later. Hey, I have a question about this. What's really exciting is how often authors come back. Hey, I have another book idea, which I think is fascinating because statistics show that 85% of people want to do a book. They, they have a book in you, but 85% of people don't actually do it. Right. But an amazing percentage in my experience is about well over a third between a third and a half of my authors do second or third books. And I think that's so great because I think they realize, A, that was fun, B, that was rewarding. And, you know, hey, let's do it again. It's kind of like kids. Like, yeah, kind of sometimes like <laughs> you get a third degree tear, but then 18 months later, you're like, well, maybe we can do this again. I have to say my book writing experience, I have, you know, drafts kind of in places. I think there's more books coming. It's just letting those simmer and, and figuring out that space in life too. I love now that I've looked over your website at brightcommunications.net, you know, you do have such a vast array. Anybody can go and see the different books that have published through Bright Communications. You've got fiction, inspirational, memoir, children's book, health and parenting, business, photography, you do collaborative books. I mean, I love that you haven't said I'm only this type of publisher and that you've left it open to the universe. Because I've seen since we've gotten to know each other, just the the vastness and the people who I know resonate with you come into the world and, and publish with you. That's tremendous. Yeah, I really believe that we we attract, right? We attract similar things to ourselves. We attract what we're thinking about. And so I really never wanted to limit myself or my company because the lines have really blurred also, you know, in the old days of publishing, what, like a decade or so ago, when you would buy a book in a bookstore. And the bookstore was organized by section and shelves. And there'd be a sign on the wall that said mystery or a sign on the wall that said, you know, sports. 
those days are really gone because on Amazon, it doesn't matter. There are no shelves. And so books really transcend those categories much more than they used to. And also the other reason I would never want to look at myself is because sometimes authors will publish different kinds of books. So wouldn't it be terrible if I worked with this amazing author, his name is Jack, and he published a devotional with me about three years ago. Then he came back to me and said, now I'm writing a biblical novel. Well, if I didn't do fiction, I wouldn't be able to help him. And so it's really amazing how many different authors will do different things. And I'm so grateful that I can help them with those things. Absolutely. I know one thing when we first talked in our first conversation, you asked me like what my goals are. Can you talk a little bit about that question and and why you ask your authors to really get clear about that? Yeah, absolutely. In the very initial conversation I have with all of my authors, um, normally people will come to me often recommended, like you mentioned with Dr. Ali Hay, they'll come recommended through a text or an email. And I'll reply and tell them a little bit about me and my packages and I'll send them our catalog so they can see all the books and the types of books. Then we usually hop on a call, usually a Zoom. And one of the early questions I'll ask them is, what are your goals? Why do you want to publish this book? And I think people don't realize that almost never does someone say, I want to make money. It just is not normally what their goal is. Their goals are usually so much more profound than that, so much more personal than that. Often goal I hear a lot, especially with professionals like you, is I want to help more people. Like I don't have I don't have time. I only have 24 hours in the day. I only have you know five phone slots a day or, or I can only see X number of patients physically. But with a book, you can help so many more people, people you may never meet, people who don't live anywhere close to you. And so that's one of the one of the powerful goals. Uh, another goal, which people might not think about, that happens a lot, especially with memoirs, is sometimes people just need to process their experiences, their life. And people tell me time and time again that just writing their book was cathartic for them and help them immensely. A lot of times people want to share their wisdom or their tips or their stories, their history with their children or their family or their community or just the greater world. People come to me with types of goals that are like business related. So perhaps someone has a a company, they want to publish a book to be sort of like an extended business card. And so this is not going to be a 500 page, $25 book, but just a little, little booklet maybe. I often say that a book can be a bridge to where you want to get life. So for instance, people will come to me and they want to start a foundation or they want to have a TV show, have more media interviews, you know, build their business. That book is the bridge to their new life. That's a really great way to think about that. It's already got some ideas bubbling up in my own head as far as with that. Tell me, you went from a very small, intimate team to mm-hmm. one that has, it's okay to, Jennifer is is motioning off camera, everyone, to her children. I have Sorry. to say, I banished mine to grandparents' houses, and that's totally acceptable here. <laughs> we let life happen. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. How old are your kids, by the way, now? So my older son, Tyler, is actually in college. He's 18. And my Holy shit, you launched him? Yep, who's about to fix himself dinner is 16. Yep. And yours? Mine now are 11, 9, and 7. My oldest is going into sixth grade, which here in our area is middle school. So we're navigating all of that. The the advice that I got when they were toddlers that it doesn't get easier, it just gets different. They were totally right. It's totally right. It is totally right. 
It is totally right. Absolutely. Anyway, I wanted to probe your, your brain about how your team has changed and grown. Talk about Team Bright. Absolutely. Well, gosh, I mean, when I first started, it it, it was really me. (laughs) I I was the team. And then I needed, you know, a book, you really need a lot of eyes and a lot of hands on deck, the more eyes, the better. And so I was very lucky that I had worked at that traditional publishing company and knew lots of people in the business. So I started inviting people to join my team as freelancers. And then More recently, though, as we've really grown, you know, it's too much for me to do on my own. And so I have about 25 freelancers on my team. Everybody from graphics to editing to, I think you even have somebody who does like footnotes, not annotation, which I absolutely hate having to do (laughs) all of that tracking and that sort of thing. You have everybody. Yeah. And, and I have people who love to do that, which is wonderful. I have these amazing people and they maybe were fact checkers early on, but they just love details. They're very conscientious. They love to make sure things are spelled right, make sure things are punctuated right, make sure bibliographies are consistent and check all those URLs because the lesson you want is in your book to have the URLs be wrong. You know, and that was one thing I thought was funny. I write very much how I speak like my tone very much comes through. And I remember our first draft that that you and your team had went through. Whew, there was a lot of red ink all <laughs> over those pages. <laughs> and we did kind of go a little round and round. And I'm like, no, I want slang. I want it to be lots of explanation marks and stuff like that. And one thing that you helped me with was like, yes, Aaron, we want to have your tone in it, but we don't want it. I can't remember how you said it, but essentially it's like, we don't want it to look English sloppy. Right, exactly. Because sometimes, yeah, sometimes people don't realize that, yes, you know, you want it to sound like you, but you also want it to sound professional, especially a book like yours, you know, but you wanted to have a certain tone. So it's really part of my job to find where is that balance? Where is that line? And also, where is the consistency? So for instance, like you wouldn't want your introduction to be like super informal and casual, and then it to become less as you go. And that sometimes happens in books. Yeah, absolutely. And you did let me keep some of my cursy swear words too. I, I did. That. I did. I did. I did. Because it, <laughs> it, 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 it was appropriate. It was appropriate for your audience. It was appropriate for you. But I wanted to add one more thing about my team, if I may, which is really exciting. Over the past couple of years, I've really been actively adding to my team because I just franchised my business. So Bright Communications is the very first book publishing franchise. So if someone wanted to buy their very own book publishing business, you know, much like you would buy an agent our block or you would buy a subway you can actually buy your own publishing company use my procedures use my process and also hire my team because it can be hard to find freelancers and so when a franchisee invests in our communications franchise they have access to this amazing trained vetted experienced team and yet then they can go work with whatever authors and, yep. and that may be a little different than yours is that what you're thinking Exactly. So basically what they would be doing is exactly what I do, which is networking and reaching out and having people referred to me to help them bring their book to life. I love that because I can think, especially like as a rural white female in America, I don't have the like cultural expectation and experience of some of my friends who I love to read other cultures and understand parenting and social interactions and that, that sounds like an amazing opportunity, Jennifer. 
Thank you. I think that it really is going to be great for people because I've spent the past, okay, I'm going to say it, 35 years of my life figuring this out and building this business and building this brand, coming up with the procedures, and most importantly, developing programs that are successful in helping to find authors and help them bring their books to life. So if I was to go back to my younger self 35 years ago and say, you could spend the next 35 years, you know, trial and error, throwing spaghetti at a wall, figuring it out yourself, building the brand, coming up with the procedures, assembling a team, or you could invest some money right now and get started right now with the company and be on your way. And yeah. so that's what the franchise model offers. You're investing in a in a proven system, a proven brand, and also all the support of that franchisor. And you need to claim those 35 years, lady. You earned every yeah. single one. Of them. <laughs> Thank you. So if somebody's interested, either one, getting their book out of their brain, or two, becoming a franchisee's with you, where do they need to connect with you? Oh, great. So easiest thing to do is just email me, Jennifer at Bright Communications with an S dot net. There's also forms you can fill out on our website that come to me and also to my franchise director of development. And also you could email or text me at 610-216-0913. And make sure you tell her that Erin sent you over. Yes, please. Because because so much of our business is on referral, we also pay referral bonuses. So that's right. Please. I always ask people to in that initial call. Usually I know because the person has emailed me, hey, you know, this is my friend Robin. She has a book. But maybe once or twice it has happened if someone hasn't. So I would say, how did you hear about us? So I know who to send that bonus to. Not even the referral bonus. I just want to see who listens and follows through. That can be that's everyone's homework assignment. Right. So if you're waiting for a sign, this is it, people. Here's your sign. <laughs> well, Jennifer, thank you so much for coming and hanging out with me today. It is my absolute honor to be one of your authors and more so one of your friends as well. So the badass in me honors the badass in you, friend. Thank you. And in me as well, friend, thank you for this opportunity. I'm so deeply grateful. I'm so proud of you and your book and your success. friend. So my word of the year for 2023 is going to be slacking for two reasons. One, I am really going to pull back the throttle in 2023 and see what life is like when I just do enough. Not extra, not overboard, not overworking, burning myself out, burning candle at both ends. Slacking. Something I don't think I've really ever done my entire life. I'm excited about it, but I'm also worried, of course, <laughs> the classic OCD overworker, how this is going to be. The other reason that slack is going to be my word in 2023 is that's where I'm going to hang out. You're not going to see me in a lot of new places. I'm just going to be waiting for you in my DMs on Slack. Yeah, I'll probably occasionally post on Instagram and still send out a few emails but you're going to see a change in Burnt Out to Badass and Dr. Me First. You're going to just see me waiting willingly and quietly in the corner for those who are ready for help. No more blasting lots of advertisements and marketing and pushing people. When you're ready, you'll come and we're going to see how it goes. So there you go. That's my word for the year. 
How about you? Have you picked a word? I'd love to hear about it. Send me an email. Better yet, send me a DM in Slack. Or maybe you want to join me and let's make this the year of slacking. All right, friend. Remember, if work is your drug, rest is your recovery. Come over and hang out with Slack and me and start slacking off a little bit in life. All right, friends, thank you so much for listening in on our conversation today. As always, it's important to get your ideas out there, even if it's a little seven-page booklet. You know, you are important. So remember, your life, your calling, your pulse matters, friend. Don't forget it. See ya. See ya.